0: Hi everyone, Uh, Dave here. I hope you're all doing well. Thanks for coming along to another episode of Legends of the Spire. Um, Now on the podcast this week, I've had a break from the players for a week uh, to do our third Meet the Fan. Uh, I always find these really interesting to get memories from uh, people from down the years of being a supporter. Uh, And this week uh, I caught up with Liam Corrie, who is uh, living in Australia. Um, So I thought it'd be really interesting to have a chat with someone about what it's like to be a Spirite on the other side of the planet. Uh, juggling things like very inconvenient game times uh, and things like that. Uh, He started off watching Chesterfield uh, around about the time of the playoff final in 1995 Uh, so a good time to become a spy right and then it's obviously had the really good times of things like FA Cup runs and title wins since then so good to have a chat with him uh, about his time supporting Chesterfield. Uh, If you're interested in being a Meet the Fan then do get in touch, I'm on things like uh, Twitter and Instagram at Spire Legends, Legends of the Spire on Facebook, and you can email Legends of Spire at outlook.com, so if you're interested in coming on, then do get in touch. Uh, I've had a few people uh, get in touch, and I am getting around to them, so please bear with me uh, while I find a bit of uh, spare time to uh, get them recorded. Uh, so here we are with our latest episode uh, with a Meet the Fan with Liam Corrie.
1: I should say good evening, shouldn't I? Because it's you should. It's it's eight o'clock, so it's uh, it's getting dark, and it's um it's really rainy. rainy as well. So sort of a bit more of an English feel to things today. Oh, that's good. <laughs> so what are you in at the moment? Is it spring? It's spring, just coming into summer. So um, yeah, it's been it's been a bit cold and miserable, but it's getting it's getting warm now. But that's sort of when it rains as well. So yeah. um. Yeah, it's, it's getting better anyway. The evening's are brighter and all that sort of stuff. So. Do you find
2: yourself acclimatised pretty quickly after, after you've moved over, was it?
1: Uh, yeah, the first couple of winters I thought were really warm. And it's been six years now, and now I'm freezing in the winter. So I think if I was ever at home, I, I wouldn't be able to cope, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the, the heat that's probably harder when it gets those sort of 40... 40 plus degree days in the summer. Yeah, definitely. So if we start off, what's... So
2: obviously, uh, you're an Australian-based spy, right? Now. So, I mean, what's it What's it like just being a, a following Chesterfield, but
1: from the other side of the planet? Yeah, it's, um, it's a, a bit sort of weird because you kind of forget about it a bit. Um, so I'll sometimes wake up on a Sunday and go, oh, Chesterfield have played. Well, I wonder I wonder how they did it last night, and uh, it's a bit easier to forget about them when uh, when we've been doing, doing so badly. But then this last year, the end of last year, I find myself I'll either stay up for the games or or watch them. But I think the the weirdest thing is I'm telling everybody about Chesterfield, and just nobody wants to hear it. And that's boring everybody.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I suppose you have the whole thing of football's not football in Australia, is it?
1: Well, a lot of my mates are English, but um, they all support like Liverpool, Tottenham, Chelsea, and um, they'll ask me how a Cheltenham going on. And it's been a few years of saying no, I, no, I don't, we don't need to talk about that. But um, yeah, now I'm I'm sort of showing them, and I've I've taken a few of them through long nights of watching YouTube videos that they probably don't care about. But um, it's a good way to clear a room when when you want, want everyone to go home. Uh,
2: they'll be there when the good times roll I'm sure <laughs> so how did you end up and how, how did you end up in Australia? Is it a work thing
1: uh yeah. yeah yes and no I've been here about six years now, just over um and just fan- I was living in London before that and just fancied a bit of a change um I had some friends over here uh, sort of harassing me to come over and eventually thought, oh you know, all right I'll give it a go and now. All those friends have moved back to England and I'm still here. So, yeah, it's just that. I just stayed and, um, yeah, I loved it. So. You're in Sydney, aren't you? Is it Sydney? Yeah, I'm in Sydney in the, in the eastern suburbs, like down by one of the beaches there. And they're obviously sport mad, aren't they, in Australia?
2: Obviously, we've had Aaron Downs on the
1: podcast and obviously
2: he talked about how sport mad.
1: Obviously, Yeah, not. I think the kids grow up playing three, four different sports at school. Um, out here, it's, there's sort of always some sport on because um, um the because the football's really like sort of bad. They play it over summer when all the other, other sports are off. Because if they played at the same time, they wouldn't get anyone going to them. Yeah. So I go to quite a few rugby league games or Australian rules games. Um, got quite into that. And then in the summer, when there's nothing else on, you've got the A League, which is yes, yeah, it's, it's not the best, but um, It gives you that fix at least.
2: Yeah, exactly. If we go back to when you first started supporting Chessfield, so you're like early 30s, aren't you? So 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 when is your era that you kind of became a Chessfield fan?
1: Uh I think I was always aware of my dad going to games, but then the first my first game was Wembley 95. Um so I think. The Mansfield game just before that was a bit, a bit too young for a Mansfield game and a, a nighttime game. But um, I think, yeah, they couldn't miss me out on going to Wembley. So, um, yeah, started then and kind of had it pretty good. because Then in 97, obviously had the cup run and then um, all went a bit wrong. But I think probably from about that Division 3 season when we got promoted, I think I had a season ticket for good few years in a row after that. So Nicky Law through to uh, Rushbury and McFarland and all of that. And then I think I moved away from Chesterfield in about probably around like the Lee Richardson sort of time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I moved up to Newcastle, but um, I was good friends with three or four Chesterfield fans up there. So we'd often come back to games and, and go quite a bit. Um, and then, yeah, when I was in London, uh, it was sort of the Paul Cook era and there's a lot of clubs around. So, um, my friends would come down and we'd all just get on a train and go to, you know, Crawley or Dagenham or wherever. Uh, and then I pretty much left as soon as Paul Cook left because I thought, oh no, that's it. (laughs) Um, we went to that game at Preston and then, uh, I was around for the start of the next season, which I think was Dean Saunders. Yeah. And, uh, my, the last game I went to was Millwall away and I think we won. I think I think it might have been Drew Tolbert had a great game we won. And that was my last game and I thought, great, gone out on a, on a high here. And then the next, next game, game I got to was probably about three years later, later and Gateshead at home and we got hammered and it was <laughs> such a change from leaving after getting to get into the playoffs in, in League One. Um, but yeah, so that, that sort <laughs> of yeah, Duncan through to Paul Cook. sort of time is where, where I've been going. So so for that
2: Berry game, you'd have been, what, about six or something, would you? Uh,
1: yeah, seven. Yeah, six or seven.
2: Do you remember anything of it or not?
1: Yeah, I was, I was thinking about this after you spoke to me. Actually, I remember a couple of things. One of them is... Um, I dropped my flag over Wembley Way and I was absolutely devastated <laughs> and uh, someone had to go and run around and pick it up for me and I was happy again after that. Um, I, then I don't really remember, I remember sort of the games or the goals, but I remember like just little things around it, like people who were there and stuff like that. But um, yeah, that was it. I was sort of hooked then. I remember the first game I went to the next year, we lost 2-0 at home to someone and I, was, I thought football was just winning at Wembley. <laughs> so, Um, Yeah, got the realities of being a Chesterfield fan after
0: that Nicky Law it is long, there's Morris and here's a goal maybe, yes Chesterfield score marvellous moment Chesterfield take the lead from that ploy that has worked so often Lawmer gets the goal Chesterfield arms raised in salute and Nicky Law's throw in leads to the breakthrough
2: for Chesterfield. <laughs> so, so who was your first Chesterfield hero? Did you have a player that was like, that stuck out for you when you started supporting them?
1: I think I always sort of liked the, um, liked solid defenders or like the creative midfielders. So, like uh, Mark Williams, Williams Deich, uh, Paul Holland a bit further down the line. Um yeah, they were sort of some of the, the first favourites. I think probably the longest one would be like Blatherwick, who was yeah, totally me and my mates just loved him. But um, yeah, with all my mates over here, whenever Burnley are playing, I'm going, Oh, have I shown you that penalty you scored for us? And they're like, Yeah, you showed us. So um, yeah, I'd say they were probably
2: the sort of earliest ones. You'll have seen matches at Saltergate and the New Ground. In, in its various names. So, so, what are your kind of Saltergate memories?
1: Um, so, I remember I uh, was there for a few of those Carling Cup run games against like Charlton and, and mm. teams like that. Um, but some of the good ones were some early ones like playing um, Man City when they came down to like Division Two, I think it was, and uh, going to Main Road as well that year. But some of those big games like that. And uh, the Man United friendly, I think it was um, testimonial, uh, yeah, like those. Yeah, that was it. Those full houses because you didn't get them very much. But um, yeah, I think one of my favourites was probably Bournemouth the last game, and uh, there was a couple of games where we I think we beat Chef Wednesday at home as well when they came down, and and that was good because sort of grew up going to school with Wednesday fans and United fans, so it's good to good speed team teams like that
2: it's it's funny isn't it over the years how how many teams we've kind of been in the same division with and then things have gone in <laughs> completely different directions for, t- for teams like we've played have, have disappeared into obscurity and and others like you say we've been in the same division with like Man City and Bournemouth and Fulham and QPR and those yeah. teams. It's bonkers, really, isn't it? Thinking back sometimes to the teams we played in actual league matches.
1: Yeah, and even thinking... Because I, 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 I don't, I struggle to keep up with it. I'll keep up with Chesterfield, but I struggle with other leagues. I only saw the other day Brighton playing in the Premiership. And I thought, oh, God, I forgot they were in the Premiership. Because yeah. <laughs> They were just always in our league. And like Blackpool as well, a few years back. Yeah, it's crackers, crack, isn't it? So, uh, yeah,
2: so we kind of touched on it. But are there any... Properly favourite games that that are like top of the tree for you?
1: Uh, there's a, a So there's one I watched on TV, which was the Rotherham 5 0. Um, I watched it on TV because we were up in Newcastle and we couldn't get down for that one. But I think we had the whole pub going for Chesterfield and people coming up and shaking hands with us afterwards and that kind of thing. But one that sort of really stands out is. Um, me and a friend went from Newcastle to Exeter for a Tuesday night game, so we flew down. Um, my friend he knew one of the directs at the time, so we we sort of went for a few drinks with him afterwards. And he was like, "Do you want to come and see the players?" And, and we won six one. It was it was tipping it down, and we were, it was just the we I've never seen us score six before, and it was just incredible on a Tuesday night in Exeter. And we were like. Right on the team bus at the end. Just shaking hands with the players. We just didn't know what to do and went out and had this night out in Exeter. We just couldn't believe it happened. It's just not the sort of thing we'd ever seen before at Chesterfield.
2: (laughs) It's funny, actually, because I've had Jamie Winter and uh, Peter on on the podcast talking about that game. And I think Exeter got promoted that season. I think they came like second or something. I'm sure they got promoted, but the players that played in that match are all like, oh, that was the... That was like the typical game of those couple of seasons with Lee Richardson in that we could beat the teams that were really good and the teams that weren't that great. We all faltered against and ended up finishing yeah. just outside the playoffs.
1: I think Winter scored a couple of absolute screamers, and I remember maybe Jamie Ward was in that team. I don't. It just seemed like every time we got the ball, we scored, and it was you know open terrace. It was raining. It was cold. It was horrible, but. Oh, like we were happy as anything. We couldn't, wouldn't want it to be anywhere else. So yeah, that that one really stands out.
2: Yeah, they're the, they're the best games, aren't they? The ones where you're freezing cold and it's, but it all yeah. kind of comes your way in the end. How, how cold does it get in Australia?
1: Uh, it dips below twenty sometimes. Right. Um, I don't know. In in round where I am, like round the coast and around the city, it's you'll you'll get sort of mid to low teens but um I don't it just feels colder than when it's that temperature at home I just think it's not which there's nothing to do when it's cold everything's like designed for when it's sunny and you can be outside and go to the beach so when it's cold you just kind of sat inside thinking it's bloody cold
2: (laughs) how do you kind of keep in touch with games then because I suppose is, is There's like, so it's 9am here and it's 8pm there. So obviously games you're a bit out of sync with, aren't you? When they're actually happening.
1: Yeah. So we go through a few different time zones because our clock's change at different times to yours. So there's a few weeks when there's a sweet spot and the games are about 10 o'clock at night on a Saturday. Um, We've been in lockdown till about two weeks ago. So um, there was sort of nothing else to do so it was just like a game day just ready waiting and uh, we watched the game i've got another friend in different part of australia that's a chesterfield fan so we'd sort of watch it together over zoom uh did that a bit with friends back home when when all the games were streamed last year it was really easy mm. uh but now all the games are at like 2 a.m so even the ones when they start midnight which i think is more towards the end of the season I always do them, but I I can never make it to the second half. (laughs) Too late on a weekend. Um, So I usually just wake up and look at the Sky Sports app and straight away I'll see how it's done. And um, Yes, it's great to do that at the moment. Um, There's been one game I've been out and watched live because the problem we've got is you'll only get a Chesterfield game on if it's the only game on because all the pubs have like, there's a Liverpool supporters pub, there's a Tottenham supporters pub, there's, like, a Crystal Palace supporters pub and all that. So, And and they also watch all the Champions League or the Europa League games and even, like, Italian games or whatever. So, if, if a Chesterfield game's on the same time as that, there's going to be no-one else wanting to watch it. But there was one, and it was... Um, I think it was FC United of Manchester in the FA Cup. Um, Either them or Salford, maybe. But it was... A weird night and it was on at about 5 a.m and there's there's a 24-hour pub that shows all the sports so I turned it up at about 4 30 in the morning and I was going to work later I was really conscious that you know no one saw me going into a pub at that time <laughs> I went in and the guy was there's there's no-, no football on us oh there there is so he took every tv on the top floor which is 20 or 30 tvs just put on Chesterfield FC United of Manchester. <laughs> I resisted the urge and just sat and had a few coffees, but I was just sat there with my feet and watching. it in this pub. It was, it was great to, to be able to do that over here, but you know, it, it's not often we're on TV and it's not often we're the only team that will be on at that time. So it's yeah. yeah, usually a case of either streaming it or following Twitter or something. In by Talbot here. Now Sam Morsey turns well away from Thurston at the space here now for Daniel Jones Jones into Ebanks Blake who shrugged aside Chris Lynch
0: here Ebanks Blake Araibi arriving on this inside seven minutes the perfect start for Chesterfield
2: so you touched on it like the standard of Australian football
1: Um, what's it like? it's it's sort of The difference between good and bad players is so big because they get a lot of players coming towards the end of their careers um, or um, a lot of good young players coming through. So you'll get players from, I think Daniel Sturridge has just signed someone over here and he'll probably be like the best striker in the league. But um, you get a lot of Australians going to play in like the Middle East or Japan or Scandinavia. And then eventually they come back here they're usually good, good but um, it seems players only stay here for a couple of seasons. I guess because it's so remote and so far, far away. away. And if they can get a good offer in Europe, then it's going to pay more money because they have salary cap and all that sort of stuff. So it changes so much. But um, I went, I went to um, a few games and like, you get good apps. There still cause, um, yeah, good atmosphere still because you know the fans, they have like the ultras and all that sort of stuff. So. If you wanted a bit of football atmosphere, it's good if you can sort of not get yeah, too worried about the quality.
2: <laughs> can you have a beer in the stands while you're watching a game in Australia? Yeah, you can. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So yeah. you don't want to be near the ultras when they score because you'll be wearing about 30 pints by the end of it.
2: But <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> oh, this is a good good chance to go on to JO Shea watch show. So you've actually yeah. been to a game, haven't you?
1: Yeah. So the first opportunity to go to a game after so we've had two lockdowns and in between we had about a year of doing what we want and then kind of surprised us when it came back mm. in Sydney we're playing Brisbane I was like, I've not done anything I've not been out of the house for about nine <laughs> months properly so I thought I'll go to it and uh, they used to play in the middle of the city but they're rebuilding the stadium so now they're sort of south of the city and uh, I went down and you sort of sit on this grass bank and you've got a bar there and the sun's coming over and everything. And it, it was great. And the game was nil-nil, but I just loved it, just being back at sport. But, yeah, I picked that one because J.O. Shea was playing and he's obviously a few years older now. And I, I don't know if this is um, just that game or what he normally does, but he sort of like sits just in front of the defence and just sprays the ball around now, whereas he used to, used to be thought sort of right at the top end. But, um, yeah, no, it's good to, see, good to see a familiar face playing. He
2: must, be, he must be quite enjoying it out there because he's been out there for a few years now, hasn't
1: he? Yeah, he's- I, think, um, I think he's still here because the new season starts in a couple of weeks. Um, but he's, they had Robbie Fowler as manager and he brought loads of players over from England. And then he went back to the UK during COVID and Brisbane just refused to bring him back out here, I think. So he just had to leave. Um, so I think a few of them left, but he stuck it out
0: that play O'Shea have a crack from the top of the box and off oh, puts a top corner and does double that lead for
1: Brisbane Raw variation time O'Shea deflection and Brisbane have the lead back against Young Sutton on his debut O'Shea clever
2: So, so what have you kind of made of the season so far then so you've kind of been keeping in in touch fleetingly with highlights and things so
1: what have you what have you made of it yeah oh it's, it's looked great from what I've seen and um a lot of my friends have started going week in week out again and a few people have probably been a bit more slack so um it's good like, there's been so many different players coming and going and then sort of that's what james Rowe did. in I thought, oh, here we go again like up Brandon another brand new team, who knows how this will end. And it uh, just seems like every player they sign is is the perfect player. And from what I've seen, like said, Gunning's a solid, like, sort of leader. And then there's the, the couple of centre midfielders. I know a few of them are injured at the minute, but they just got that sort of calm, like, passing football that um, reminds me, like, when, you know, Jimmy Ryan was there or whatever. Um, and obviously we're scoring goals, so it's... Yeah, it's looking good.
2: Yeah, I suppose, I suppose when if when if the time's working right when we get near the end of the season, it'll uh, it'll kind of tie in quite well if if we've got kind of a, a title, a title game or something like that. Touch Yeah, will be past.
1: yeah, even if it's two AM I'll be I'll be up and about
2: for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I wondered if you could fly any Chesterfield player over to like have a beer with them, past or present, who would it be?
1: Yeah. So I was thinking about that. My first thought was Gary Roberts would be a bit of fun. But then I thought, he's, he's going to be too fun. much. He's Neither crazy. So, fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I thought, you know, maybe someone like Tommy Lee, who seems like a real Downsworth lad. He, um, Yeah, he was another favourite player for obviously like about 10 years. I reckon he'd be, uh, he'd be a good lad to come and have a few beers down by the beach with. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he, he was a top bloke when he was on. Really
2: top guy. If we kind of pick a bunch of favourite players over the past, however long you've been spotting them from, like the very final days, who who, if you could like make up a team, which kind of players would you have in it?
1: Yeah, me and my mates have, been, have done this, so I think we'd go. We usually go, go Billy Mercer in goal, it's right. tough on Tommy, but you know he was good. Blathers, uh, Deitch, centre half, Shane Nicholson, left back. Yeah don't know if it's going right back probably gotta say jamie hewitt but it's not like the most exciting choice uh or maybe like, like tom curtis and morsey but i'd like to have like phil robinson in there uh i can't think about wingers struggling there i think like ryan williams was good um i can't see yeah, it yeah ryan williams and parish were good but um I don't know if they'd be my... I can't think who I'd have there. Maybe like a young Kevin Davis on the wing or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and up front, I think Jack up there, obviously. And uh, um, yeah, it's another tough one because there's so many good players. Like, I kind of want to say Reevesy, but he's, yeah. Yeah, he probably wasn't almost a prolific striker, but he's just a bit of a legend. Oh, Reevesley is, is such a yeah. funny guy. So funny. Yeah, yeah yeah i reckon that'd be a decent team but then a lot of them there's not many players from like that paul cook team and and they were like our best team so i don't know it's just like those ones from the 90s and early 2000s were sort of the first ones i remember watching and, and liking so they've kind of stuck with us i think
2: yeah definitely it's funny isn't it how you can sometimes have the teams that were not the best teams in terms of league performances but were kind of some of the most entertaining in some ways. Like I loved I loved like the Roy McFarland era when we had like people like Chris Brandon and and Glyn Hurst and uh even like you know a lot of the fullbacks around then like Alex Bailey and uh and people like, I I kind of loved that era. Um but obviously and then we've, then we've kind of got we've so pulled our
1: weight in that era but yeah yeah it was I, I, I liked Perhaps that them. team because they weren't like the most talented side but you know we got a lot of good wins we did well like for a long time with Roy and had good cup runs and mm. just a good solid like hard working team
2: yeah they, they seemed like a bunch of players you could like just go and have a beer with didn't they they just seemed like a, <laughs> a bunch of people yeah. a proper team so have you got any Chester, any favourite Chesterfield shirts
1: Oh, that's a good. One. So, the ones, oh, there's some classics like from before my time, like the Adidas ones or like the Coalite ones that that I like. Um, from my time, so I've got got that end of an era one that's got Saltergate sort of like imprinted imprinted in it. Yeah, that's good. Um, I actually really liked the first season <laughs> at the B two net that had like the spire and. I quite like when they're just plain blue and then a plain white away shirt. We don't mess around with it too much. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I think the green ones are always the classics as well. I think the one where uh, we won at Oldham in the Johnstons paint trophy in that green green. shirt. Yeah, I think it just looks good, the green ones.
0: Down by his side, just at the back of his elbow. Oh, a mix-up costly one Leicester's in it's bundled across the line
1: now the celebrations can really start what a calamitous mix-up between Nvoto and SESAC what a costly one as far as Oldham are concerned and what a priceless goal a ticket to Wembley laid on the plate for Chesterfield great
2: super well thanks for uh, thanks for coming and having a chat
1: um, no worries. I think um, I've bored enough people out here with Chestfield stories.
2: <laughs> I bet it's nice just to have someone to, to um, sympathise
1: with Chestfieldness. <laughs> <with laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's um, yeah. It's a unique culture to have. So.